tortured by insanity. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the show this week. I am Phil, the Issues Guy, and it's kind of early. It's earlier than I usually go. It's about uh, 10 a.m. on Thursday morning, and I usually do them. I usually do it. I usually do it later in the afternoon, but I've been experimenting with different times, and this has been one hell of a week with a lot of crap, and before the drugs that I'm on kick in, and I have the inability to form complete sentences. That might be the case with this show, guys, just to give you a little pre-warning that I might have issues today using my mind and and expressing my thoughts in a rageful manner. I'm feeling kind of, I don't know, drugged up and doped up. (laughs) And those of you who know me might be like, wait a minute, and I actually put a post about this the other day. I hate drugs. I really do hate drugs. There are certain drugs I hate. I hate pills. I hate taking any kind of pills. I hate when you're sick. Or when you have some sort of ailment that you need to take big, large, giant pills to make yourself feel better about, to make yourself feel better. But really what these pills are are just horse pills that cause all kinds of other problems for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one likes to hear about my medical issues, but damn you, screw you, you're going to have to listen to my damn medical issues. The other day, (laughs) the other day, as I lean back in my chair... The other day, I was walking. I was walking around. It was Saturday morning, and I was happy. I was in a good mood. I got up early, went for a little joggy, walky, pooey steen. (laughs) A joggy, walky, pooey steen? Well, yeah, stain. I went for a joggy, pocky, wooey stain. It's like a Wu-Tang killer bee sort of thing. (laughs) I don't don't know. I'm sorry. Like I said, my head's not with it today. so. So have some sympathy, folks. Have some love, have some attention to detail for me because my head's not quite with it. <clears throat> so anyways, I was walking around, <clears throat> meeting people, being friendly, doing what I do after my, after my walkie-poo. I want to get real up to the microphone today. For some reason, my depth, my depth perception isn't quite where it should be either. I'm, I'm going too close to the microphone. So if you feel, if it feels like I'm making out with the microphone, I, I highly apologize for that. I, there, it can't be helped. Today, it's, it's almost like a, a tractor beam. It's, it's got my lips, and it wants to drag me into the lips to kiss it. Mm. Must kiss microphone now. <laughs> So on Monday, like I said, or in, excuse me, Saturday, 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 what a day, da, 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 da. So Saturday, I went for a little jog, I came back home, showered, got cleanly, got cleanly, <laughs> and then my, my plan was to walk to the store. It seems simple. I know I'm t- talking about like my plan like it's some big my brain trust mission across the world. Though I, I basically just wanted to go to the store to get some hippie activity vehicles. You know, some brown. To get some blunts. I need to get some damn cigars. So I went to the store, got some cigars, got some cola. Some cola. And on my way home... I'm just one of these people that I look, make eye contact with people and smile and look at them in their eyes and want to talk to them and, and communicate and all sorts of shit like that. It really costs me. You know, I shouldn't be this friendly. It, anyways, so I see a dog. I pet the dog. Oh, cute little dog. Yeah, go on. I'm, I, I see another dog. There's tons of dogs out. And I'm being very nice to all the animals about. I'm an animal guy. Been since I was a kid. I love animals. Love dogs. Love cats. Love 
Dogs and cats. <laughs> no, I love all animals. I mean, I don't necessarily love uh, birds and fish and gerbils and things like that for pets because they seem to be the pacification of a way to give kids gifts without actually give, give kids pets without giving them pets for any sort of responsibility. And I mean, it was sort of, that was sort of the case with me when I was a kid. I needed that kind of uh, treatment (laughs) because I had several dogs as a kid and just never could get into the whole walking a dog thing. I was a lazy kid and then my teenage years was a real pothead and I didn't, (laughs) and I didn't want to motivate, you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't want to go on a cold winter morning and, and walk my dog through the snow. You know, going for a walk in the summer is one thing, being exercisey and having fun. But in the middle of the winter when I'm cold, when I'm sleeping late on a Saturday morning, I just didn't want to walk a dog. I'm a lazy person. So I always gravitated towards cats. But where I lived as a child, there was no cat rule. And that kind of, whoa, as I look for my water, that kind of pissed me off. And, uh, and I got a cat as soon as it was humanly possible because I like the idea. And I know some people out there are like, I hate cats. Cats suck. They're evil. They're stupid. They can't train them. And, they, and they'd kill you if you gave them a chance. Yeah, most of that's true. But I don't have to clean up their shit. Or at least when I, lived, when I first got my cats, I didn't have to. I, I just opened the door and let the cat go out. And they did their business. They had their day. I had my day. At the end of the day, we slept together. It's perfect. It's the perfect relationship with pussy. It's the perfect. You, you, they go do what they do. You do what you do. At the end of the night, you sleep together. That, that's the goal of life. And I'm sure if, uh, if a woman wanted to feel that way about a man, too, it's... it's <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just being an asshole here. But it is a good way. It is a good way to, to have an interaction with a pet. Dogs are too fucking needy sometimes. You know, you need to walk them. You need to pet them. You need to do this. Cats, cats, you need to pet cats and show them affection. And I have some pretty, I have three pretty needy cats, but it's not the same thing. It's, it's a lot less responsibility to have a cat than it is to have a dog. Let's put it this way. Dogs are the closest thing to having babies that there are with pets. Maybe monkeys, but monkeys, but monkeys can like break your neck or something like that. But babies probably can't do that. I don't have a baby, so I don't know. <laughs> so, needless to say, I was in a good mood, and I was walking around petting babies and sniffing children and stuff like that. So, I, I'm coming around the corner to right in front of where my house is, where my apartment is, and there's a storefront in the front of where my apartment is. So, at the corner of the storefront, there's this gentleman sitting there with the cutest-looking dog. It was probably, it looked like a cross between a beagle and a in a uh, laboratory of some, some sorts. And, and I made, did my usual thing that I do. I made eye contact with the owner, asked the owner, is it a good dog? Is it a good dog? Is it, are you, have you been a good boy or a bad boy? Are you a good dog? Got the good dog nod and said, is it okay if I pet your dog? And he said, fine, okay, if you pet your dog, my dog, go ahead, pet it. You want to pet my penis, too? Go ahead, touch that, too. What do you want? What do you want? You want to fuck my wife, too? Go ahead, fuck her. (laughs) No, he didn't say all that. He just said it's okay to pet his dog. So I reached in, you know, added my hand in, went to go touch said dog and pet pet the guy. And right as I reached my hand up, he jumped up what seemed to be to lick me. That's what it seemed like. He, like, jumped up on my leg and, like, looked at me like, oh. And then he bit my hand. Pretty hard, too. Not like, not bone crunching. A couple of months ago, I talked about how, or 
six months ago now, probably, talked about how my cat attacked my foot. Not quite as hard and vicious as this. This was like a greet you bite that went a little wrong, I think. There wasn't any growl or anything like that, no bark. It was just like jump up, bite. And the owner, I don't even think, realized the dog bit me. And he just kind of like was like smiling, looking at his cell phone the whole time. So I turn around to him, and I think I shocked him with this question. I go, has your dog had rabies shots? And I'm like saying it, holding my hand as it's dripping blood. But I'm realizing at this point that he doesn't know I'm bleeding. So he's like, yeah, yeah, you answer quickly. Yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course, my, of course, my, of course my dog has shots. All the shots, all the shots. And I was like, awesome, great, that's good to know. I'm in danger, you know, I, that's good to know. Thank you very much. And I went to go walk away and walk down my long driveway to go back to the, go upstairs to my house. And, and then it occurred to me, I looked down at my hand, and at that point, oh, I started to have that panic moment where I start seeing blood, like, literally dripping from my hand. Like, drip, 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 drip. And I'm like, oh, shit, on a fucking stick. No, 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 nobody, nobody, no, 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 no. This is bad. This, crossing the streams is bad, Ray. And, oh, sorry, I'm just switching around channels. Thank you very much for tuning in this morning. I appreciate it. Uh, so... <laughs> I went back to the gentleman, and I was like, I'm bleeding bad. I don't know if this is like a car accident. Should I call the police? I'm thinking, should I call the police? What should I do? And I'm like, oh, I know what I should do. I should just get this guy's phone number so I can call him, touch base, find out about the vet, you know, because my doctor's probably going to want to know to make sure the dog had all its shots and such like that. So I tried that, asked him for his phone number. He said, why? And I said, and I, and I just did the the high five, I showed him my hand. And where I got bit was like right on, oh, I can show you on the camera, but I'll describe for the people that are just listening. Uh, I got bit right here on the hand, right here in like the fleshy part of the hand. Like I said, it's not, the bite itself isn't too bad. I mean, it was just sort of a deepish cut, so it was bleeding a lot. And uh, it, just, it was like a squirter, you know, it was like squirting blood, so it looked worse than it actually was. I mean, it started to hurt after that, but the initial bite did, you know, wasn't too bad. And I didn't need a stitch or anything like that. So I show him, and I'm like, hey, I'm bleeding, and I want to double check. And at this point, the blood starts, you know, I just start having a blood moment, like, because I'm losing blood. Not that much, but a good amount, not like a tiny amount of blood. It's like spurting out now at this point. And I'm like, I need to go inside. Give me your phone number. And he gave me the number. I typed it into my cell phone, ran inside, covered my hand. You know, did, did the whole nine, washed it out for 10 minutes, put the back, best trace and shit on it, went next door, got band-aids because I didn't have band-aids. You know, the whole, the whole deal. I did it all. I did it all. Yeah. And then later in that evening, I start being slightly paranoid about what the dog possibly could have. And I really wanted to, you know, settle my paranoia by sending this. And I'm like, should I call him or text him? He gave me a cell phone number. I might as well just text. It's not that important. And I sent him like a really nice message that was something around the lines of, of oh, I'm, I'm the gentleman that you dog bit you. It doesn't look too bad. I'm going to go to the doctor's tomorrow or Monday just to feel better about it. I'd really appreciate it if you sent me the name and number, the name of your dog and the number of your vet so I could double check on the vaccinations. About 20 minutes later, I'm, I'm over having a snack. And I hear my phone buzzing. So, so I'm like, oh, that must be the person. Because I wasn't expecting any of the phone calls or any texts or anything like that. So I run over. And it is. It's the number that I texted. 
but it is, or text, text, whatever, texted. <laughs> the number that I had, I had tried to contact messaged, messaged. Like I said, I'm sorry, I'm on drugs. Give me a break. My head's not working. I might say that 75 times in the next two hours. Two hours. In this two-hour show. So I looked down on the phone, and you know what? It said, it's somebody saying, I'm sorry, I don't have a dog. This is the, I think you have the wrong number. So, uh, I mean, I'm thinking maybe this guy's messing with me, but no, no. That I, I sort of had a back-and-forth conversation with the person that wasn't the person, and I called, and it was completely different. Uh, the gentleman that's dog bit me spoke with a very heavy Indian accent. This person did not, so unless it was someone else living in the house. But it's safe to say also right after the guy gave me the number, uh, his wife came out of a baby store with, with outfits for their kids. The kid wasn't with them, but, you know, they obviously were parents. This was relevant in the fact of when I, what happened next. So at this point, I start freaking out because I'm a super hyper-paranoid individual. Forget all the hippie activities. Forget the weed. Forget everything that I've done with my life to create sort of a paranoid environment. <laughs> to protect myself. No, the, the paranoid environment thing. Forget all that. The fact that a dog bit me and these people gave me the wrong number was freaking me the hell out. I could not fathom. I, was, I kept thinking, what? okay, now, did he give me the wrong number because... He, did, he thought I'd, like, gas his dog or something you know, because the dog bit me without, you know, without a muzzle on or would I force him to wear, have the dog in the muzzle? Or did I, you know, potentially maybe I typed in the wrong number because I was bleeding and I could have made a mistake. That was probably what happened. Let's be honest here. That's probably what happened. But, but then the, the lesser of the possibilities, I start freaking out. He doesn't have his dog vaccinated. He isn't from Marblehead. Oh, sorry. Whoops. Isn't from the town that I'm from. I live in a t place called Marblehead. Yes. He doesn't live in Marblehead. He's from some outside location that brought the dog in to be walked. And, you know, and he didn't want to, you know, did, you know, was in an unfamiliar place and was freaking out. I mean, I called Animal Control and asked them about people in Marblehead that had, uh, that had, uh, you know, rabies, if any rabies cases around here and stuff like that. And they said, no, no, no. But that's what kind of freaked me out about it because maybe he wasn't from the town. Maybe he was from some, an outside place and his dog just got bit by a squirrel or something and developed, and developed uh, rabies and, and I didn't know. And then maybe I have the rabies and they don't know I have the rabies and I could have the rabies and there's no symptoms. If you get rabies, you die. So needless to say, I was freaking out a little bit. Yeah, sorry to include you into my mental anguish, but yeah, I was freaking out. It was it was it was a it was a difficult, scary situation, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what the best situation in that in that in that moment to do was, and so I called an emergency hotline, and I didn't want to go to the emergency room. That was the one thing I knew I did not want to do. Call me ridiculous, but. In some ways, I would rather die than go sit in the emergency room for three hours. <laughs> Seriously, you go in for something simple, and this was on a Saturday, so my doctor's not opened, and most clinics are closed because this is in the evening by this point. So really, when it comes down to it, emergency rooms are your only basket of hope. But I did look a little bit more research, and there was a urgent care clinic open on on Sunday afternoons that was that I can make an appointment, show up at the time, and go there. 
made the appointment, showed up. There was no one else waiting. I literally went in, and the whole, the whole doctor's appointment was less than 45 minutes. It was like an in-and-out sort of thing. It was, like, it was like going to a prostitute for the first time, and you just explode. It didn't even matter. So I went in. Some hippie Sunday doctor was in there. He was like, hey, dude, what's going on? Totally. You know, some guy that you could tell was just, you know, he's wearing crystals and shit. You know, he's just like all earthy and stuff. Kind of looked like uh, like one of the guys from Wings. You know, one of the main guys from the television show Wings. The one that was also on The Sopranos. So he goes, proceeds to ask me about tetanus shots, ask me about the dogs this, the dogs that. Tells me, tell him the story. I told him basically the same story. I just told you guys. Uh, and he said, listen, I think it's highly unlikely that you have rabies. And I said, doctor, doctor, I won't sue you. This isn't a malpractice case that's going to happen. Should I, am I being overly cautious here? Should I not be worrying about this? And he said, and he just like shook his head. He's like, no, you shouldn't worry about them. But there is infections. It looks infected. It looks this, it looks that. How's the pain? At this point, couple days later after or the next day my hand was like bruised too and it was like in pain like I'm like throbbing pain not not like ridiculous evil like need painkiller pain but I, I was feeling pretty 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 hurtful like it wouldn't have it wouldn't have hurt me to take something and obviously I needed something for the pres- from, for the prescription for something for the infection oh I'll say I'll tell that I'll say that in a second. There's worth mentioning something else as well that happened a couple of days earlier after that, where I recently got on. Uh, I had an ear infection from the Water Country incident from last year, last week. So I was you know taking some eardrop type things. So it's like a weird combination. So he gives me a subscription to to the magazine. No, he gives me a subscription to Pill Magazine. He gives me uh, the antibiotic and he also gives me a painkiller some small doses of a painkiller or something, or whatever it was, a small amount of a painkiller, not enough. A painkiller I've never really heard of before. I don't have the name in front of me, but I'd never really had heard of it. He didn't give me, like, he didn't give me perks. He didn't give me codeine. He didn't give me anything, any of the good stuff. He gave me this other shit that I come to find out later from a friend of mine that is a newfangled drug that is used to sort of zap out the pain receptors in like an opposite antidepressant sort of way, like it uses SSRI, whatever inhibitors and shit, to cause like you not to feel pain. In the last couple of days, I've been feeling really, really strange, like awkwardly strange and dizzy, but not, not, not tired. And, and then antibiotics make me feel like crap too. Not to mention my job uses its hand. So when I was working yesterday, I had to actually use the hand, use the hand that fucked me. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm a crying, whining little bitch. And that's, that's the name of this story, right? It's I'm a crying bitch. No, it isn't. It's what the fuck, people. Seriously, if your dog bites someone, I don't care how scared you are. I don't care if we live in this litigious world. You don't put someone else through that. You, I mean, forget the fact that I'm a paranoid individual or I have anxious whatever crap and that I overthink things. I mean, that's what makes this show this show. But that's beside the point. You should just have common courtesy to not give people the wrong fucking number. And maybe he didn't give me the wrong number, but I'm going to choose to believe he gave me the wrong number because I know I typed that number in right. I double-checked. I asked him twice about it. I thought about that a couple of times. I've had, I was very, very specific to try to get that number. But no, yeah, yeah, screw him. So I've been walking around looking for him, but with to, have no, to no avail. <laughs> to no to avail? To no avail. So that's my story. Everybody, welcome to the Issues Program. I'm Phil, the Issues Guy. 
And uh, you can call or text in if you'd like to join in the fun or write me on comment on Facebook, tweet at me at I, at I guess at I got issues, man. Or if you're my friend on Facebook, you can write on my wall or if not search the issues program and uh, post there. Please like it as well. Visit my website, issuesprogram.com. la di da di da di do di da da Now, uh, where is this? I'm looking for this. I'm looking for something specific in my, in my computer. And I can't find it. As I, as I tell you step by step what I'm doing. It's been a really weird week, as I said before. I guess I feel like it's worth mentioning. It's... Uh, it's not just worth mentioning. There's a couple of interesting there's a couple of interesting news stories, sad news stories that have been in that have been going through this week. First first one I want to touch upon is the thing from yesterday with I don't even know if I want to talk about this. This I don't even want to know if I want to get head deep into this crap. I that's been going on the last week with the, you know, the Zimmerman trial, Rolling Stone cover with all of that. There's a lot of controversial shit out there. And I'm not saying we all have to get along like Rodney King or something like that. But when it comes down to it, I'm all for arguing and debating. But the way things are going in this world, having a different political or a different view about a similar issue that isn't necessarily a cut and dry issue is causing a lot of people. I personally fall on one side of a coin in, in every situation. I do have opinions. I don't just sit on the fence. But I'm not going to include my opinions in this podcast unless I'm provoked or asked or it's what the podcast is about. If someone wants to debate me about a subject matter I care about or I choose to debate, like, you know, good music, bad music, good, good films, bad films, things like that, I'm all for political debates too, but it's getting carried away these days. Everybody is a political pundit, and now it's like you pick a side, and if you don't pick a side, you're screwed, and you're an idiot, or you're evil, or you're a communist, or you're a gun-toting friggin' Nazi racist, because you believe one thing or you believe the other thing, and it's, we're getting into such a chocolate or vanilla ice cream, such a, such a, only two flavors of soda, only diet and regular, no colas, I mean, it's just one of those situations where you have to subscribe, I, Recently, I got into an argument, and I guess this is where I'll end on this subject because I don't want to get too far into this. Uh, this might be, might be a show unto itself. I was in, talking to somebody about political issues, and, and I forget what the subject matter was, but it was a conversation that basically was based around the idea that uh, is, was basically the idea of... Now, wait a second. So... I'm, re I'm just reading someone's comment to me about here. Yeah, I'm sorry. You want to know what I think about all this stuff? Well, I'll tell you off the air. No. I, what I think about all this stuff is I think I don't know enough about the court case to make a reasonable decision. You know, do I think there is a possible scenario? Like, I, I just don't know. I wasn't one of the jury members. I haven't filled myself out with the knowledge that I could possibly have to to make a statement about what I believe in that situation. As for the Rolling Stone cover, I have mixed feelings. I think it's pretty stupid to glorify this guy, but to think he was the only... I don't know this for a fact, but look what everything that's been done with Charlie, Manchin, Charlie Manson and how he was so glorified. This stuff's been going on for a long time. 
And magazines are hurting out the ass. They're looking for anything for people to talk about them. And I think Rolling Stone, in a way, did this just for people to talk about Rolling Stone again. They're, and I think the bigger problem here isn't necessarily Rolling Stone magazine. It's the army of girls I'm re- reading about on, online and seeing posts and shit about how this guy is damn sexy and how he's good-looking and how... I was listening to Howard Stern yesterday, and Howard Stern did a little, did a bit, but it was like a real bit, you know, like people asking people in the street certain questions. And the question was, would you rather go on a date with Howard Stern or the Boston Bomber? And I think 90% of the people they asked said the Boston Bomber. They were like, he's, well, he's way more attractive than Howard Stern. And some people even like, I'd have the Bomber in my house before I'd have Howard Stern in his house. This is just a confused kid. Confused kid. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that. Give me a fucking break. Cover Rolling Stone, cover whatever. Glorifying it is wrong. And yeah, it's a pop culture magazine and it's a music magazine. I don't really see the connection other than shock value. I don't. I I don't see it. Again, do I think they're a bunch of, you know, I haven't bought a magazine in years. I, you know, I was never a big fan of Rolling Stone. They're, Rolling Stone's a magazine that, that for the longest time did not consider Led Zeppelin one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time because Zeppelin wouldn't give them, you know, because they didn't have a good relationship with Zeppelin. So they were like, oh, they suck. So, you know, look what you're dealing with. Know, your, know thy enemy. They're a bunch of fucking shitheads over there anyway, and they always have been. You know, yeah, it's an iconic thing, but would that magazine have lasted as long if it wasn't for that song, cover of the Rolling Stone and the musicians perpetuating that? <laughs> Sorry, I was about to cough. <laughs> I just think it's fucking stupid. Okay, I'll talk about this one. Fucking stupid. But especially the picture they chose. <laughs> if they put him on a picture with a bunch of other maybe like criminals and be like the year of the criminal, <laughs> what's happening in our society? <laughs> Excuse me. And done it more as something like that, you know, something like examining what's wrong with our culture that people are glorifying these people or sep- or using issues like this to separate ourselves rather than looking for reasons to connect ourselves as humans. If they had used that as a basis and he was part of the cover, I probably wouldn't have had as big of a problem with it. But the fact that they used the quote unquote Jim Morrison picture of him and tried to make him look all sexy and in the rock, you know, the rock vibe to him and stuff like he's a rock star. Give me a fucking break. That's it. That's it. The other thing I feel like I do need to talk about, and this might divide the line with me as well on a couple of issues, because uh, it's something I'm sad about and a lot of people might not be. A lot of, a lot of people might be like, oh, fuck this guy. But Corey Mono, whatever the hell his last name was, I know I should learn his last name. Because he's passed away, but Finn Hudson from Glee passed away. Now, a lot of people might know, the Glee fans anyways, or the people that are, you know, pop culture freaks or whatever and watch the pop culture shit. Uh, Oh, let's cut out this sadness to say, Nintendo's up 12% in the last week worldwide. So go fuck yourself, everybody. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why I just cut that off to say the thing about Nintendo. Animal Crossing is starting to take off worldwide and 3DS sales are going out the going out the door, like they're exceeding the amounts that a Nintendo thought they were going to sell of 3DS units. And because of that, Nintendo stock is rising again. 
And because all these analysts that are to predicting doom don't realize that Nintendo doesn't need to compete with the two other big boys or compete with Wii sales on the Wii U to make a profit in this generation. They just need to get around GameCube sales and get a specialty market like that. People that don't want, you know, that just want Nintendo first party games. These days, people are just complaining about everything. I'm really psyched about like, a lot of stuff coming to the Wii U in the next year. Most notable, or a lot of things notably, but most recently announced is Pokemon Rumble 2, or whatever it is, Snap Rumble 2. A lot of people shit on the original Pokemon Rumble, a, a WiiWare game, and it, it did, it sucked, I didn't like it, but a lot of people did not, because of that, did not play the sequel to it, which was a, which was a 3DS game, that they improved on a lot of the shit that was bothering me about the original. Made the game a lot bigger, made it feel more gauntlet-like with Pokemon characters. And they're bringing that to the 3D to the uh, Wii U. They're taking a couple of the bigger successes on the 3DS and trying to translate it to Wii U. And I like that idea with the new Mario game and everything like that. And we had King Baby Duck on a couple of weeks ago to talk about his hands-on feel with uh, with the new Super Mario game, the new Mario game coming out. And I, I couldn't be ex more excited about a lot of the things coming out for Wii U in the next year. Uh, do I care if the sales are great? Honestly, I, in some ways, I hope that they stay. it stays a struggle, so Nintendo has to try harder, and they put out some of the best games I think that they ever will in this generation from first-party Nintendo titles, and who knows, create more franchises as well. This could be a perfect time for them to create franchises and tap into some of that old stuff that they know that there's money in. They just need to do it, like a new Pokemon Stadium game that interacts with your 3DSs with the new X and Y games that are coming out. It... It's just, it's, it's, I'm really excited about the future for Nintendo and the future in the, in the next year of, uh, as I have to turn down the power because I forgot to get my power cord for my computer. So I'm losing power at an epic race, epic rate. So I guess I should get back to talking about Finn. Now, a lot of people, I don't know if people are Glee fans out there. Uh, I, last year on, on, uh, one of my early shows, uh, transitioning online and everything like that i had uh i had king baby duck on and uh panda from from my parent uh parent site land of ash and i'm gonna have uh panda on again at some point during the summer i always have great talks with her about our television series probably close to the end of the summer as we're looking to look towards the new season of glee and the new season of how i met your mother and a couple other things that her and i share uh and now she's catching up to the walking dead so i want to have a whole tv if panda if you're listening to this I'm inviting you, and I will invite you more in a more uh, in a more formal way later. I'm inviting you for an end of the summer podcast with me as a fall preview, TV preview for some of our favorite shows. So, we're I'm a Glee fan, and and uh, Panda as well over here at the Land of Ash. We're both pretty big Glee fans to the point where we can turn off our brains. All those people that try to tell you Glee shit, it is shit. That's the point. The first season got you and it confused you. I know some of you people probably might have watched the first season and saw, thought this is decent and then tuned in in seasons two or three and, and been like, what the hell happened to this show? But really, what happened to the show is it just evolved more into eye and visual candy and, and audio candy and nothing really spe you know, special or deep, more of a surface show. It's not the same thing, but I enjoy it in the same way I have a I'll always have a love for Saved by the Bell. You know, in this, in this, it's awful, but it's good in its awfulness. And you, and being a musical theater fan and someone who grew up, uh, you know, helping out and being in a few uh, 
plays or musical theater plays and being around theater my whole life, it's, it's the best avenue right now, especially since Smash has been canceled. Uh, it's, it's the best avenue right now to get singing into primetime, you know, to get musical-type stuff. And it's been the most successful one of, of, you know, the most successful show like that of all time, more than uh, – Trying to think what other show there was that uh, Rags to Riches show that was on when I was a kid, you know that was all based around uh, you know Orphan Annie vibe, you know with the with the Orphan Annie meets the facts of life. But for the most part, Lee's been super successful with that. And at a certain point, I stopped caring. I stopped caring about the characters. I stopped caring what happened to the characters. All I cared about was the music and if the episode made me laugh and was and was fun. And I'll say this, especially in the first two seasons, uh, in the, and, uh, and even in this past season as well, the guy who played Finn, Finn Hudson was always one of my favorite acting characters on the show. He wasn't necessarily the best singer in the world, and he was kind of a joke. He used a lot more auto-tune than some of the rest of the cast. But as an actor, he played that dumb, earnest character better than most, and I suggest people that haven't seen Glean are thinking, what the fuck's the big deal with this guy? Watch episodes like Grilled Cheeses and some of the first episodes where he is he does the over monologue. I, I, I'm not glorifying death because I said this in the podcast with Panda a year, a year ago. When he does monologues, he is one of the funniest monologue people I think ever in existence, some of the things he says. And it's like he says these stupid things that, you know, that – it's, it's almost like he's a straight man in the way that he's saying the stupid things, but he says it so so kind of matter-of-factly that you're like, wait, did he... J-? And, then, and then he causes you, like, deep belly laughs in the aftermath of it. So, earlier this year on Glee, he kind of disappeared on the, uh, on the show randomly. His character had just sort of reconnected with Shu because he hooked up with his girlfriend. He hooked up with Hiro Nakamura's girlfriend. And... And then Finn sort of disappeared in the last couple of episodes. And it's because the actor, Corey, went into rehab. And I never knew this beforehand. You know, I didn't know this watching Glee. I just found this out at this point, you know, when he announced his rehab stint. Went to rehab for substance abuse. Said he struggled with substance abuse his whole freaking life and all that sort of crap. So he went in for rehab. And I forgot to mention he also, in real life, dates the main actress for the show, Leah Michelle. So he supposedly got sober and everything like that, and, and just a couple of days ago, or, or less than a week ago, he was in Toronto and at a hotel, and they found him dead in the hotel, and they did, they did tests, and it was heroin and alcohol mixed. Rum, rumors come out, you know, I don't want to get into, you know, all rumors and hearsay and conjecture and all that shit. I don't want to get into a Heath Ledger situation here. Because I guess he had been sober, or everyone had thought he was sober up until that trip. I guess what I come to find out, or what has been said, is him and Leah, when he got back from Toronto, he was going to move in with his girlfriend, and they were going to try to take their relationship to the next level. Maybe, God, and in some ways he was thinking, this is a last hurrah, which is stupid. I'm not rationalizing it, but... But that's what it seems like to me if I'm putting on my stupid detective hat that he was in Toronto meeting with some friends that he was probably going to have to say goodbye to because they were connected to that part of his life as he took the next step in his life, you know, being leading up to marriage and living with a woman and all that sort of stuff. And he decided to do a celebration sort of thing. Three people left him off the hotel room uh, before 
and that was the last time he was seen. And that makes you wonder, who are those three people? What did those three people give him? What do they have to say? We haven't heard nothing from them yet. So it's been a sad, sad couple of months with, uh, for me personally with Star's deaths. And I know some people out there are all like, and I've, and I've had this argument with people too. Oh, I forgot that other argument I was talking about about the political issue. I'll get back to that in a second. But I had this argument with people. It was like, why do you care? You don't know these people. And I'm not saying I know these people. I'm not saying I'm emotionally affected in the way that, obviously, listen to the way I'm talking about it. I'm not emotionally affected in the way that I would be if a family member passed or something like that. But what I am, but what I am, you know, I don't know, what I am affected by is if someone that creates art that I love passed away and that art can no longer be created, that's a bummer, dude. And I, you can have empathy or empathy for the other people or sympathy or empathy. I always confuse which one is the one that you know what the other person's feeling. Sympathy, I think. It, or no, it's, it's empathy, is it? Oh, feel it's empathy. Yes, it is empathy. You can feel what the other person is feeling, you know, and I, and I can understand that. But the other thing I was saying was when I was talking about political issues, we live in a world this day where people have to decide one thing or the other. And I was talking with someone about a political issue and and just in general political beliefs. And I was saying how I don't subscribe to either side, you know, the right or the left. What I do is I look at each individual uniquely and then make my decision based on how I feel, not necessarily party affiliation. And... That's just how I've always been, good or bad. You know, like, I'm a legitimately registered independent, and I look at all issues. I, I fall on two sides of the coin. You know, I believe in the death penalty in some instances. I do, but I believe in, you know, you know, legalization of all things and, you know, other sorts of socialized medicine in some stu- in some situations. I think I think I think doctors I think I think hospitals and doctors offices and stuff like that should, you know, health insurance situation should all be revamped and we should be focusing on keeping people healthy and that's number one priority. And I, you know, believe in some social programs and you know, whatever, blah 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 blah. But I do, like I said, believe in the death penalty, believe that some people should be able to own you know, certain things that they want to own. Whatever. So I fall back and forth. This person's response to me was, was, was being, so you don't believe in anything. Why don't you stop being lazy and pick a side? I was like, what? He's like, stop, stop pushing out and fucking pick a side. You know, you're, you're a fucking Democrat or Republican. But look, I'm like, I'm not. I'm a critical thinker. I'm an independent thinker. And I decide based on the facts or based on the, the specific individual. Well, that's just, well, that's just fucking stupid. That's just the coward's way out. The coward's way out? Yeah. That's what they said. They legitimately said this. I'm not making this up. And what the hell is up with that? Dude, what the hell is up with that? <laughs> you know, it, that, that just really bothers me. Sorry to say, it bothers me. I think people in general should look at each individual, each individual issue individually, specifically, and make their decision based on what their opinions are, not what their, their senator says their opinion should be. But again, that's just me, Captain. Gappin. Gappin. 
So this was one of the most ill-prepared shows I've ever done in my life in the sense that I didn't prepare news stories or anything ahead of time. So I'm, I'm literally going to read them off the interwebs and make my decisions that way. I do want to talk about something that King Baby Duck posted earlier today. Uh, earlier today. About rumors that Warner Brothers is mulling a Batman Beyond live-action movie. Warner Brothers, who has previously had a live previously had the, a live-action Batman Beyond movie in development before going with the Christopher Nolan reboot, maybe I should have read the article before I commented on the Facebook post, is now said to be kicking around the, resurrec the resurrection of their film adaptation of the animated series. In case you somehow forgot, the animated series saw Bruce, an aging Bruce Wayne train his successor, a 17-year-old student named Terry McGinnis, to protect Gotham City in the 21st century. Batman on film claims that that a movie is back on the tables and it would have nothing to do with the Batman Nolan universe, which is done for good. What would a Batman Beyond film mean if any plans for Warner Brothers might have a larger DC universe on the big screen? If, don't they, isn't the whole Justice League thing a fact? Isn't that not an if anymore? So if this is the case, <laughs> allegedly, if this is the case, then I do, as I'm going to spread out a little bit here so I can reach my water that's on the other side of the room. So, so hi, everybody. Okay, got my water. <laughs> got my agua. Ah, much better. After that cough attack a few minutes ago, I was like wishing my water was right next to me. But... What I was saying was, before I was interrupted by thirst, is that I think this is the best way to do Batman. I think in this, if they're deciding, which I am pretty sure they are, to do the whole Justice League thing, I think the best way to do Batman is the Batman Beyond thing, especially off the Christopher Nolan Batman universe, because... You don't want to recreate the same quote-unquote time period or the same kind of Batman. You can completely separate yourself by obviously having another person play, play Batman. And not just that, Bruce Wayne's still a part of it. Anyone who's quickly reading this and is like, I don't want another person to be Batman you know, in a movie, it's Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is a huge part of this. And if they start the movie out by showing you the end of the Batman's career and in similar the way of the way that the Batman Begins series starts and seeing how Terry became involved in it and even maybe using some of the elements that happened at the end of the Batman Beyond series and the end of the Justice League series, things we find out. I don't want to do any spoilers for that since all that's on Netflix now and you can watch it, and you should watch the entire DC animated universe. And you should do it in this order, Batman animated series, Superman animated series, and all the other, all the other Batman stuff that's on in there, the Batman and Superman adventure things. Then watch the uh, the two movies. There's a mo or movie, America's Finest with uh, Batman and Superman. Then watch. Then start watching Justice League the first season. Justice League. Oh, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. <laughs> then before you start Justice League, watch Batman Beyond. Then start Justice League. Then watch. Then watch Unlimited. And if you want to watch Static Shock or Zeta, go go and do that. Have fun. But I really do believe that this is the best way because if you want to have Batman in a world interacting with a Flash and Superman and all and Green Lantern and people with all these powers and shit, you need to have Batman in a movie amped up a little bit. 
And one of the big things, and I won't spoil this, or I'm going to spoil this, but it's not that big of a deal, is that the Batman suit in Batman Beyond enhances physical abilities. It, it makes Batman super strong, makes him be able to essentially fly, and, and, and has radar, can, can be invisible, you know, a whole bunch of futuristic shit. And that would really make sense in the universe that's been started with the Man of Steel. So we'll see how this progresses. I mean, rumor had it initially that there wasn't going to be a Batman movie before the Justice League movie. And what I could see happening in this is Batman shows up in this Justice League movie and then we have a Batman movie, a Batman Beyond movie. I think the only problem that you foresee and what a lot of people are going to say once the movie comes out is that the relationship between Batman and Bruce and just the whole setup with someone on the comm and a guy in a suit and like sort of a, a, a mechanical suit is going to seem somewhat Iron Man-like at times, especially with Terry being a kid and being a wise ass, and if they keep that aspect of it and being sort of a hot-tempered guy. Not that Tony's a hot-tempered, but I could just see the, relate, the back and forth feeling Iron Man-ish on the big screen, but... But whatever, I think they should definitely do it in a very stylistic nature of Gotham City. I'd love to see some of those enemies coming to life on the big screen. Obviously, Blight would be a big part, but I would, I would really love to see Ink with an enhanced version of the Terminator 2 sort of vibe, you know, the new, a newfangled Terminator 2 look, and that being Ink. But now I'm just putting my wish hat on. And the biggest thing I wish for this Batman movie, and I got into a whole big thing, and I've said this for years, I said this years ago when the Batman Beyond movie was first announced, was the person I want to play old Bruce Wayne more than anything in this world is Michael Keaton. At the time, someone else mentioned Clint Eastwood, and I've sort of adopted that as a secondary cast, as my, my short list is Michael Keaton number one. Uh <laughs> Michael Keaton, number one. Uh, Clint Eastwood, number two. And, of course, I'm sorry, really, come on, can we finally give it to one of these voice actors? I think Kevin Conroy could pull it off. You just age him and just the vo doing the voice. You know, can we finally give Kevin Conroy a chance to play Bruce Wayne somewhere live on screen? It's a situation where, visually, it wouldn't matter. I mean, you just make him look like a realistic old man. And... So you don't, it's not a bit, the real acting job in the movie will be whoever the villain is, obviously, and uh, Terry. So Bruce will be a voice more than anything and be just, you know, uh, a man that has very lim limited movements, you know, and things like that. So I personally think Conroy could, deserves it in some ways, but, but we'll see how that progresses in such, and I'll be very much, very much looking forward to that. So at this point in the show, might as well get into some silly news stories and shit like that to close things out. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. Sorry, like I said, if my, if my voice, my brain isn't quite with it today. Damn dog took me out of commission for a little bit. So let's get a little... Whoa. 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 And... And just to add things, <laughs> I lost my ears. <laughs> Eardrums dead. So here we go. Uh, a DJ who performed at a Columbus, Ohio nightclub is claiming that Justin... I don't care about Justin fucking Beaver. I don't care about the Beavs. Sorry, Beavs. You're closed out. 
as I close out that news story. Going geek. Whether you admit it or not, everybody stalks people on Facebook. The ladies might have a bit easier these days thanks to a new app called Lulu. The app is for women only and allows girls to secretly rate their male friends, lovers, and exes on an online database of men. Um, okay. How is this not the sexist shit in the world? If guys did this, it would be a porn site. What the fuck? Women must be over 18. Yeah. Men who try to access Lulu are similarly blocked. Unless they're doing that thing, the uh, catfishing. <laughs> Seriously, though? I don't think, I don't think this is a, I don't think this is horrible. A fucking men, you know, let girls do whatever the hell they want to do. They want to rate us and treat us like meat. The, the difference is, guys don't mind that. I think for the most part, if, if guys knew that girls were talking about them, like, I think most men would be flattered by this whole thing. I don't think most would be offended, and I'm not offended either. So, so thank you. I need, of course, now I have to create a fake profile so I can log on there and see if I'm there or add me and, <laughs> and rate myself because I'm an idiot. Now, women average 12 hours a week on social media. Okay. I guess we're just in, we're in a women world here. Get ready to start confessing your sins over Twitter. The decision has come as the Pope prepares to attend the World Youth Festival in Brazil from July 22nd to 28th, according to the Vatican Sacred, Sacred Penitentiary. <laughs> You're going to start being able to confess over Twitter. That's right, confessions over Twitter. It's a very, very proactive uh, Catholic Church. I'm going give to you, give you access. Now, are you going to have, the during these things, or is it going to be like special private rooms where you guys can... Uh, can uh, molest people over or sexually harass them through just to, just to complete the whole process? Yeah, sue me, bitches. Now, happy 100th birthday to the air conditioner. God bless you. If it wasn't for you right now, I would be sweating in a pool of hair and grossness. But now, because of you, after my physical activities outside or work and I come home, I can sit in a nice, cool, air-conditioned room and play video games. I wouldn't want to play video games if it was fucking hot. Well, that's not necessarily true. I've, uh, as a, as we've had some one versus ones with uh, John C. Riley and myself that have definitely been uh, hot, as a, hot as balls, the most recent one included. But, uh, but yeah. So, everybody, uh, I'm not really feeling the news stories this week. There, a lot of them are just shit. I think I touched on most of the important news stories that I wanted to talk about. Only 34, okay, Rolling Stone Magazine, yeah. I mean, I talked about the Rolling Stone. I briefly talked about Zimmerman and all that shit. Uh, I talked about everything. So I want to close things out with uh, today the, the Emmy nominations came out for, the Emmy nominations came out today. So we're going to go through them, and I'm going to do my early picks. That's right, early picks right away. From the first time reading these nominations, I am going to pick. So... Number one, the first one is Outstanding Drama Series. Outstanding Drama Series. And our choices are Frozen Computer. <laughs> Frozen Computer is a new program that comes on every once in a while when you have too many things going on on your computer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding as I switch pages. And I go back and forth and back and forth. Now, the Outstanding Drama Series are Breaking Bad, Downtown Abbey, Game of Thrones, Homeland, 
House of Cards, and Mad Men. How the fuck is Mad Men nominated every single year? Or cross out Mad Men. I've never watched Homeland, so I can't give it a good, good testing. In Downtown Abbey, I have not watched yet, even though I have heard decent things. So for me, this comes down to three, and this isn't easy. Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, and House of Cards. Oh, my God. Okay. So, I guess, I guess if I have to narrow this down for whatever reason just because of... I don't feel like it's fair for me to judge Game of Thrones right now. Simply because, unlike the other two shows, yeah, House of Cards I watched in one block, but it was one season. Whereas Game of Thrones, I legitimately, in very recent times, from what I'm talking to you right now, at right around the time of the end of season three, I watched the entire series. So it's hard for me to separate how I feel about the entire series as a whole to how I feel about specifically this season. And it's not like I spaced it out either. I watched them all connected, like one big story. That being said, I still don't think, if I'm, if I'm looking at this objectively, just on the, based on the season, I can't, I can't exactly give it to Game of Thrones. I liked season three, especially the way it ended. But some parts I did not, I felt like it was, I liked it a great, I liked it a great deal. I, I loved it, I would say. So I'm, I'm comparing it to two other things that, that I have to compare this to that I really, really love. I feel like the end of season three of Game of Thrones was a lot stronger than the beginning. I feel like there was a lot of stuff in season three I didn't really give a shit about that they focused too much attention on. Not quite as much as season two with some of the Stannis shit. I feel like season three was better than two, but still not as good as one. And it was a lot of the 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 torture shit with, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but, you know, Theon, Theon Joy, Ray Joy, whatever the fuck his name is. I, I didn't really feel a lot of that. I didn't really care. And it's honestly in my mind, I'm having trouble distinguishing between, between what was season three and what was season uh, one and two. I'm actually re-watching the entire series right now to be slightly more familiarized with the whole, the whole prospects. But, but I would not say that Game of Thrones was my favorite show of a season in season three this year. It was great. But for my taste, I have two that are slightly better. So in this year, Game of Thrones wins my, wins my bronze. Do I think it's going to win? That's a different question altogether. Okay. But first of all, I'm giving my pick, and then I'll say who I think is going to win. My pick of who my favorite is has to be, oh God, it has to be Breaking Bad. It, it just, I enjoy that show, show, show. I enjoy that show so much. I enjoy that show so freaking much. House of Cards is close. It really is. House of Cards was great. But I do feel like the show started out great, but the end of the season sort of felt somewhat anticlimactic. You know, the, the peak was earlier than it needed to be. And I wanted... I mean, it left me wanting more. I, I think House of Cards deserves a lot of respect. And I also think Game of Thrones, but... My two favorites would 
would be Breaking Bad and then a show that's not listed here <laughs> for my own personal reasons. I don't think it should be listed here necessarily. Maybe in acting, but in some cases. But but I would put for my favorite, two favorite series this year, Breaking Bad and this past season of Sons of Anarchy, which was my favorite season of Sons of Anarchy. Part of that is just my love for Ron Perlman. I can't help it. Ron Perlman, I... I love him as an actor and as a personality so much, and I really also love the ca- the guy who plays Tig and a lot of the sub characters on Sons of Anarchy. The guy who plays Jax, Charles Henneman or whatever his name is, uh, Pacific Rim guy. I I could give him or take him, you know. Like I think he does a lot better on the show than he does than he did at the beginning. But I think, yeah, that show a lot of the time comes from Jack's perspective, but it really is an ensemble show, and I feel like it should get a little bit more respect than it does. I think part of the problem is is it always ends in the ridiculous. It never Kurt Sutter is amazing. Maybe one of the best best showrunners, writers in the world at creating tension and building it up and building it up. But the payoffs are never never awesome. They're always something you don't expect and not quite as cool as you want. I'd say the one exception is in the worst Sons of Anarchy season. You uh was it season two or was it three? I think it's three where he, where Jax goes to try go, where most of it's spent in Ireland. The end of that season has one of the best ends ever of any television show ever. If, especially if you're into it and you're believing what's going on on the screen and, and the, and whatever, I don't want to spoil it, but it's amazing. But yes, I don't know if a lot of people don't like Kurt Sutter or something like that, or he doesn't kiss ass in the right possible way, but I like what he does for his fans. He has great fan service in the way that he leaves his open door with the what the fuck Sutters and is really, I just dig him. I, and I dig his product. So whatever. Uh, but my pick would be for Breaking Bad. And that's only on a half a season. I just think the way the show shifted, because I feel like a lot of people were thinking, where do you go after the end of season four? That ended a major storyline. You know, a major storyline just ended there. And I, I love the way they pick it up. I love the... The goal, and it seems like it's it's obviously the same show and has the same feel, but it turns into more of a heist Ocean's Eleven vibe at times too now, and and it, it really added different elements. It's it's almost off-putting at first if you're watching the rest of the series. This season, 5-1, seems a little, you know, it has a different focus, but I like it. And the payoffs at the end of the, the big story you know, storyline that happens or the big emotional whatever at the end of the season, it just really hit me. For whatever reason, that character and that and that storyline, and that's another thing the show does, like really he, especially in this year, that person really meant a lot to me. And to see what eventually happened was just crazy, crazy. So... Yeah, yeah, I'm talking around it, but spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. So my pick for Outstanding Drama Series, I think Breaking Bad should win it every year it's in. <laughs> but who do I think is going to win? I have a funky-ass feeling that, that there's going to be a change of, the wor- change of the guards, so to speak, and the winner is going to be House of Cards. That is what I think. I believe House of Cards is going to win. I think House of Cards or possibly... Possibly Game of Thrones because a lot of the fan- fanfare it's got. Or maybe Downtown App. I'm, yeah, maybe everyone but the one I picked. So, no, straight out, Breaking Bad, and I think House of Cards. Breaking Bad's my pick. I think House of Cards will win. Lead actress in a drama series. 
you can look at the I'm not going to go through every thing in every list. I'm just going to give you kind of some of my picks. I really do think Robin Wright deserves it in House of Cards cuz cuz because somebody that was so likable and so warm in so many situations, she plays a cold ass motherfucker on that show. Lead actor in a drama series. Bum bum bum. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. For me, it's down to Brian again, down to Brian Cranston and Kevin Spacey. We also have John Hamm, Damian Lewis, uh, Jeff Daniels, and uh, some guy from Downtown Abbey. Hugh. <laughs> I Oh my gosh. I as much as I love Brian Cranston's work on Breaking Bad. I think his transformation had already happened in the first three seasons. Or in the first uh, the first four seasons, excuse me. And I think the end of season four, with that, again, that big thing that happened at the end of season four, I think the transformation was complete, or the two big things that happened, to making Walt evil. And I think this season you see evil Walt. And I think he does a great job at it. But there's no duplicity anymore. You know, he's... And I think, I think that's an acting decision, and I like it. Don't get me wrong. But... But... But I'm, Kevin Spacey can... When Kevin Spacey's good, when he is matched up with the right kind of role and can break the, break the fifth wall, break the fourth wall, <laughs> break the wall, talk to the camera... Sorry, my head's not working. Break the fourth wall and talk to the camera, and it it's believable going in and out of scenes. He surprised the fuck out of me because he keeps shocking me and shocking me. He's, you know, was, was so fun in the Lex Luthor movie. No, I won't deny. Why is Yahoo... Why do I keep getting these horrible chat requests from... Ow! I just hit my knee on a fucking... This is not my week. So I say Kevin Spacey, but I have a feeling that uh, Jeff Daniels from the newsroom is going to get it. Outstanding comedy, 30 Rock, Big Bang, Girls, Louie, Modern Family, Veep, Louie, 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 win, win, win. Uh, What's going to win? I have a weird feeling Girls is going to win, but I hope Big Bang does not win. Please, no. Lead actress in a comedy series. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, I I'm not familiar with any of the shows that are listed here. Where is Where is Raising Hope and where is Mar- Martha Plimpkin? Uh, but whatever. Um, from the people on this list, I am going to give it to Edie Falco. I've never seen an episode of Nurse, Nurse Jackie, but she's a great actress. Oh, here we go. Lead actor in a comedy series. Alex Baldwin. Alex Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Jason Bateman. Don Cheadle. Louis C.K. Matt LeBlanc. And Jim Parsons. This is a tough category. Louis C.K. <laughs> Who I think's going to win? Probably Alec Baldwin again. I wouldn't be surprised if they give it to... Give it to... Give it to Jim Parsons for Big Bang because it seems to be Big Bang's Emmy Award year. And he does a great job with that character. He's the only character on that show I really, really love. 
I'm running on reserve power. Oh, no. Outstanding made-for-TV movie miniseries thing. American Horror Story, Bible, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Phil Spector's going to win. Outstanding variety music store. Conan, Colbert, Daily Show, Jimmy Kimmel, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, Real Time with Mar, or Saturday Night Live. I say go with, I say, God, this is tough. Uh, John Stewart again. I give it to John Stewart. Outstanding reality-based competition. Why is not Survivor listed? Amazing Race, Dancing with the Stars, Project Runaways, so you can think you dance, Top Chef, The Voice. I say The Voice, but Survivor should be there. An outstanding host of a reality story, Tom, story show. Tom Bergeron, Anthony Bourdain, Carl Bourdain, I'm sorry, Kat Daly, Heidi Klum, Ryan Seacrest, and Betty White. Where, where is Jeff, Jeff Probst? Give it to Betty White. Blah, 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 and that is it. Those are our Emmy nominations, and that was my last call. <laughs> I guess it was my last call. I'll try to find some sort of last call, but here's the music, folks. We're going to wrap things up. Thank you so much for listening. Everybody, I'm Phil the Issues Guy. I'd like to thank you all for checking out this show. Please call or text in 24 hours a day, seven days a week to 781-990-8509 to share with me your issues. You can also email me at igotissuesman at gmail.com. And also follow me on Twitter at igotissuesman. Follow me on Facebook under The Issues Guy. And please visit the website issuesprogram.com. I'm also going to play a promo in a second for all my other friends in the land of Esh. So check out their perspective their websites and like them also check out Jace Down Studios and a little show called One Versus One I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in this week sorry for my fucked upness my screwy throat my screwy hand my 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 fear of dogs I'm seeing hearing dogs bark outside I'm scared no I'm not really scared <laughs> but I am a little fucked up from the, I'm more fucked up from the pills than I'm anything by pills, I mean antibiotics if you're just tuning in now and you're like, pills? Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. I will see you guys next week. Next week. As the music is going to cut out here for a second. Because <laughs> I wanted the music to cut out right there, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> here you go, guys. Here's a promo, and have a good week. Get ready to get your nerd on. Kick the week off right with games, gadgets, and general geekery from the ladies of the Electric Sisterhood. On Tuesdays, get your pop culture news and reviews with a pure Bostonian perspective on the Boston Bastard Brigade. Geek Agro is coming at you on Wednesdays to fill what's left of your cerebral cortex with the hottest beats to get you on your feet. Then on Thursdays, you have me, Phil the Issues Guy, presenting the Live Issues Program. It's going down each week. Only in the land of Ash, nerdcore at its finest.